Before we dive into the episode, I want to talk about my company, Virtual Assistant Staffing Agency. We do exactly what it says. We staff virtual assistants for business owners wishing to scale. Whether you need help with administrative assistance, bookkeeping, cold calling, content creation, data entry, lead generation, or even social media management, we can hire the perfect virtual assistant for your team. And the best part, it's only around $4 an hour. If you're interested in learning more, head over to our website, www.vastaffing.agency and book your demo call. Now, on to the show. What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan. I am the host of the Entrepreneurism Podcast. I'm here with Mitch Anthony. Mitch is the president at Mad Creative Solutions. He's worked with great people on amazing projects such as Reality TV, Ultra Music Festival, Super Bowl. But he's also a cancer survivor, which is a huge, huge deal. Mitch, what's going on, man? How you doing, bud? Good to finally meet. Good. I'm glad you could come on, man. So before we dive into your story, I know you started Mad Creative Solutions or maybe a form of it in high school, which is very cool. Before we dive into that, I always ask this first question. What's the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on? <laughs> dumbest thing that I've ever spent money on? Um, I'm not going to lie. So little background about me. I'm from Miami. A lot of us in Miami are very kind of over the top. We like to spend a lot of money on stupid stuff. I'm not going to lie. Sometime, every once in a while, I do like to go out to the club, 11, if you've ever heard of it. It's, it's technically called an ultra club, and they are very, very, very good at getting you to spend your hard-earned money. And uh, yeah, so every once in a while, I like to head on over there. Um, I do like Louis Vuitton. I like Versace, not going to lie. So <laughs> not the best things that I could be spending my money on, but also food. I think probably the dumbest thing that I spend money on is food. I eat way more and way better than I should or need to. So I'm going to go with food, actually. Food is probably the dumbest thing that I spend my money on in excess. What, what's the uh, most expensive restaurant bill you've ever had? For me personally, uh, probably about 200 something dollars just on myself. It's expensive. I know, not, not the best way to spend your money. I don't advise it, but if you're in Miami, it is tough. Yeah. They jack those prices up. Yeah. So my, my sister, she lives in LA and obviously everything in LA is marked up. I'm in Tennessee. So things aren't as expensive. Lucky to put in perspective, gas here is, is $1.77. So Sweet. again, and I imagine in Miami and LA, it's not that way. So I would kill for $1.77 of gas. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's easier to spend that kind of money, but it's still ridiculous when you start to add it up yourself. You're like, shit, I've spent this much money on something that literally does nothing but fuel me, <laughs> you know? but, yeah. but let's dive deeper into your story, man. So you mentioned when we were talking before recording that you started your business. I don't know if it was this business or a different business, but you started it in high school, but you're also a cancer survivor. And I definitely want to dive into that because I think just overcoming obstacles in general, just in yeah. life is, is awesome. So give me a rundown of who Mitch Anthony actually is and how you got started as an entrepreneur. Oh, man. Uh, so I've always been super interested in technology, electronics, um, very much the processes that run the world. So lots of infrastructure kind of stuff. And one of the things that really caught me at a very early age was TV. You know, I think we all, everybody watches TV or some form of media on the internet and we turn it on, flip the button, and we just expect content to appear on our screens and we watch it and we probably don't think much of where it comes from or how it gets made or generally how much it costs to get made relative to how much we pay to watch it. So that was very much interesting to me. And I kind of started to dive deep in that at a very young age. 
when I was a kid, I would get the, I don't know if you know B&H, are you familiar with B&H mm-hmm. catalog or the company? Mm-hmm. So it's like a video supply company and they do, they, you know, a lot of equipment and different kinds of things that video and audio and creative people would buy cameras, lenses, stuff like that. So I'd get these catalogs and I'd flip through it and I'd, you know, circle and mark it up and kind of put together wish lists. And I was, I was a little kid. So there was no chance that I was getting any of this for Christmas. It was thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of equipment that I wanted. I just wanted to have it and, uh, you know, monitors, screens, cameras, lenses, cables, everything. And so that was like kind of my, like one day, you know, one day I'll circle this and I'll end up having it. I don't know why I'll need it, but I want it because it's cool. And uh, so that was, and then from there, it was like building blocks, you know, just getting more into it. The internet was huge for me. Google, I I didn't go to college for what I did. I did not go to any kind of trade school or anything. So for me, it was all just learning by hands-on, learning on the internet, doing research, all of that kind of stuff, completely 100% self-taught. And um, yeah, it was just kind of hard to get me to sit still. I was not very interested in school as a kid. I was more interested, like I said, in flipping through these catalogs and, you know, being on the computer, learning about what it is I was interested in. And then from there, like I said, it was building blocks, just continuing doing that up into high school. I, we had, I was so blessed that we had iPads in our high school. So that was just like a free, and there was no firewall or anything. So it was just a free pass for me to really just do my thing and, you know, kind of work on my craft while everybody else in front of me was working on God knows what, I don't even know. I got the diploma, which is all that matters. C's get degrees, but I was definitely, I was the one in the back of the classroom writing emails and stuff like that, just networking, driving at home, just trying to get somewhere that I knew school was never, ever going to take me ever. Right. So I'm very blessed that we were able to have iPads in the classroom. We actually had laptops too, from seventh grade to eighth grade, and then high school iPads, junior and senior year, which was fantastic for me because it just, it really helped me out. And a lot of the teachers too, they knew what I was doing. They saw kind of that I was a little bit beyond the curriculum that they were teaching or, you know, they were like, all right, this kid is clearly not going to do anything with math. He's not going to college. He's not going to be any kind of scientist or anything. He kind of knows what he's doing right now. So let me just, I'm not really talking to him in the classroom right now. I'm kind (laughs) of talking to everybody else. And the teachers that got that early and that saw that, I thank you so much, literally, that that was such a blessing that they kind of saw that and just didn't bother me. They didn't fuck right. with me. I don't know if we can curse on this podcast, but they didn't yeah, fuck man. with me. And that was fantastic. Yeah. And they kind of knew what was up. So that really gave me a lot of free range to start my own business in high school. I, of course, I wanted to start as soon as possible, you know, start early. So when I was in high school, like mid, probably maybe uh, sophomore, junior year, whatever, um, in t- uh, like 2013, I kind of started tweaking with ideas of like what kind of business I could do. I knew I wanted to do something in media, something very creative. I love to film stuff. I like to take pictures. I like to make uh, creative projects happen. So come 2016, I finally did start my own business and it's mad which those are my initials, Mitchell Anthony Dionovich. I think it's appropriate. And so that name kind of just stuck and I just ran with that. And ever since then, I have just been building blocks, building blocks, building blocks, building blocks, bigger, 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 better, 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 getting better at what I do and um, just working on bigger things. And I'm incredibly blessed that I was able to, you know, take that path and be successful at it. 
and not have to go to college and kind of waste all that time that some right. people do. Some people have to go to college for what that I, for what I do now, which I think is crazy because I've always thought you either have it or you don't have it. Exactly. You know, I don't know if you can really teach what it is we do. I don't know if you can really teach creativity. I, I always thought that was kind of bullshit. So a lot of like the universities that are film schools and stuff like that, Full Sail University, I'm not, you know, li- libelous or anything, but a lot of people, it's kind of like, all right, yeah. Yeah. As soon as somebody sees Full Sail University on a resume, it kind of gets tossed to the side. So yeah. I've been incredibly grateful to just have that path and be where I am now. I'm young. I'm 23. I've got a lot more to go, but I've already done so much. So I figured if I could be where I am now, shit, you know, when I'm 40, yeah, there you go. Looking pretty good. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of principles there, man. Right. I, th- I think one of them is being a lifelong learner, understanding that you're ne- you never truly reach your potential. And when you think you have, that's bad, right? You should yep. never truly reach your potential. And you're right, man. Like for me, I went to college, I have a finance degree and I didn't do anything uh, entrepreneur wise until about a year and a half ago, but I went all in when mm-hmm. I did, you know, but I think for a lot of people and I'm 24, you're not much younger than me, but for a lot of people are understanding that college just isn't going to be it for them. And they understand yeah. that Google can pretty much be your university. You can learn anything you want to learn on Google, probably for free. And you can be the best at what you want to be. Right. And, and you're right. A lot of these things that people are starting businesses around podcasting, for instance, it's hard to teach podcasting. Right. I, when I started this, I could not conduct an interview for shit, but you get better at it. And just like you said, you're a lifelong learner. You get better as you do it. And you're putting building blocks on my, you know, one at a time. But I, I want to ask the question that, you know, I mentioned it before, but you're a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big deal because that is an obstacle that a lot of people will never face, but a lot of people can't Hopefully. fathom even facing an obstacle that big in general. So right. was this during high school? Was it during this, this entrepreneurial rise Give me some more details on that. Yeah, it was it was in March of 2018. So I had already graduated high school. I was out like two years or something like that. And yeah, I was literally, I was doing my thing, growing as I do and just trying to be better and do more bigger things. And that just snuck up. That's something that you can't prepare for you can. and that nobody anticipates happening until it happens. And it just kind of smacks you in the face. And you just got to deal with it. So that was really an interesting journey for sure. Cause you know, young people, they don't really think that that's ever going to happen. Like young people think that they're invincible hundred percent. They think they're bulletproof and nothing is ever going to happen to them. I was healthy. I didn't, I don't have any underlying health conditions or anything like that that would point to something like that happening, but it just statistically, it does happen to some people. I don't know why they even, you know, medical professionals don't know exactly why that happens in some right. people. Um, I don't have any bad, like I don't smoke or anything like that. So the, that was really uh, an interesting thing. And that did happen while I was kind of in the middle of, I mean, I'm always building, but kind of at the beginning stages, I guess you could say, like I was, I had already done some stuff and I was getting into some new stuff and just continuing to build and network and stuff. And that, it did, it did, it slowed me down. I'm not going to lie. It did slow me down because it limited what I could do from an energy perspective and, you know, I scheduling treatment and whatnot, but I continued to work through it. I worked through the whole thing. Um, 
I would be working, I would be doing an event like the day after I got out of treatment or something, or even the day of, I would just push through and I looked like shit. I felt like shit. And not that that made me feel better working, but it was more of a sense of normalization. You know what I mean? Like I didn't, I didn't want to be a cancer patient. I didn't want to look like a cancer patient. I didn't want to feel like one. I didn't want to just like give that off because you give that off and you feel like that. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to just be as normal as possible. So I worked, I pushed through it. I still hung out with friends. I tried to do everything normal that I would usually do. So, but it did slow me down. And uh, I did uh, quite a bit of treatment and I actually just beat it last year, 2019. So it's been like a, two year ish journey on that, you know, the initial treatment didn't work. So kind of had to go back to the drawing board and do something stronger. And then that kind of worked a little bit, but not a hundred percent. So I had to move to something stronger. And then ultimately I did a autologous stem cell transplant, which is when they treat you, you have a complete response. So that means nothing is showing up in your body. And then they take your healthy cells out of you that have been treated and that are cancer free, freeze them. And then they, hit you with like a crazy amount of medicine for five days straight. And I had to stay in the hospital for about 20 or so days. And then they give you back your healthy cells. And then those healthy cells go into your bone marrow and they grow and just, you know, regenerate. And basically it's, they, they kind of look at it in terms of like, you're a a newborn baby, your cells are new. You have to get revaccinated all over again. You know, your immune system is literally wiped out and you build it back up from scratch. So that's where I was. And even to this day, it's, it's been like uh, over a year now. And even to this day, I'm completely fatigued all the time. It's crazy. It's the biggest challenge that I have right now, just pushing through that and trying to do normal things. Like I'm exhausted right now. I'll admit it. I, I usually don't like tell people cause like uh, nobody wants to hear about that shit, but it's true. I mean, I'm hundred percent exhausted all the time. Normal things are 10 times harder than usual. And work obviously is extremely difficult as well because odd hours, hard work, you know, stuff that I have to be mentally like very on point for. Yeah. And it's just tough, but life goes on, you make it happen and it'll get better. Yeah. You know, and and I appreciate you sharing that, man, because I know that's not the easiest thing in the world to talk about, but I I think from what I hear, you know, I've never dealt with cancer and um, not even in my family. And I'm, I'm very thankful for that, but I understand it does affect Lucky. a lot of people. And like you said, you can't plan for cancer. It, it just, it's just something that happens. But when your mindset is strong and it seems like your mindset was strong, right? Maybe your body's weak, but internally you're saying, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep going. I know what I want. I know that I have to do what it takes to get there. I think that is ultimately like, kind of like a medicine. I, I think you fuel yourself by, by thinking positively. But the reason I wanted to bring this up that you're a cancer survivor is just obstacles in general. I think we're in really unique times right now. I know COVID has been around for who knows, 12 months, probably <laughs> eight mm-hmm. months, but there's that there's track. politics, there's riots, there's all these other things, there's election, P- who won, we, I, I still don't think we know, but <laughs> to be completely Maybe honest, by the time this podcast comes out. <laughs> yeah, but people deal with obstacles differently. And as an entrepreneur, things happen all the time. Shit happens. Building a business is not easy. You're going to hear no a lot. You're not going to make as much money as you want to. You're going to be behind on bills. You know, there's a lot of different things that can happen. So from your perspective, right? 
I understand you're fatigued every, every day, but what are you telling yourself to be able to push past that? Because I think a lot of people really struggle with pushing past the roadblocks and the obstacles because they might not think they're strong enough to, to keep going. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. Honestly, I think looking at it, I would probably say the, the thing that gets me to push through or that makes it maybe worth pushing through or, or how I get through it is I genuinely love what I do. So, so I'm not going to let anything get in the way of me being able to do that, you know? So day in and day out, I get to do exactly what I love. And I don't think many people can really say that at all or even ever sometimes. So I really value that. And being able to do that kind of gives me the strength to keep pushing on, you know, if I, and, and realizing too, if I got through what I went through, let me say that again. If I want through, if I went through what I, sometimes I lose myself, hang on. <laughs> if, if I, if I, if I was able to get through what I went through at that time, I feel like I can almost do anything now that I'm invincible or bulletproof, but I kind of just have a little more confidence in myself. And it, like I said, I do what I love. So it's hundred percent worth pushing through. And I, I, I don't brag a whole lot about like the stuff that I do. If you follow me on Instagram, you kind of know some of the cool things that I do. I don't post everything just cause I don't want to be like super annoying, but I do get to do some really, really cool stuff that most people would be like, shit, this is, is this not like a pinch me moment for you? Like you're here, right. you're in this place, you're at this event with these people. You're like, you're standing two feet away from insert crazy celebrity name here, whatever. And I'm just like, no, I mean, I worked super hard to get here and I'm very good at what I do. So it seems like it's earned and it's deserved. I, you know, I, it's not like I was just thrown into this and I don't know what I'm doing. I did a lot to get here and I've pushed through a ton to get where I am. So it's just kind of, it's just like respecting where you came from and honoring the struggle that you went through. And just, you know, if I, if, like I said, if I went through that, I can pretty much do anything. So yeah, exactly. The big thing that I realized. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think pushing past obstacles fuels, in my opinion, the most powerful force in the universe, and that's momentum. And I think the more obstacles you push through, the more things that you overcome, the better you become as a person, the stronger you become as a person, you're building up that momentum because when that next obstacle hits you, you're going to have the confidence to keep going. Right. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of like what you were saying. I think it's very key for entrepreneurs to, to realize that nowadays, everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. It's, it's sexy now to be an entrepreneur, to own your own business. Yeah. No one wants to go to school. Everyone's realizing the education system is broken. So it's like, everybody wants the same thing. So you have to understand if you quit at the first issue, then you really don't want it. And I, I think people really got to be self-aware of do, what do they actually want? What are they going to chase right. that they can love and be passionate about? But, you know, let's shift gears real quick because you're in the creative space. And I, I genuinely think a lot of people struggle with creating just beautiful content. We'll just call it what it is. Creating beautiful content, being mm-hmm. creative, really getting eyeballs and grabbing attention. So for the everyday person, right, wh- what can they do to increase a level of their content that's maybe not expensive maybe it's not hard maybe it's just different strategies that you use to say hey it's 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 one little change and you can make things look a lot better Mm -hmm. well 
see now you're getting, uh, I mean, this feels like a meeting of a new client that comes in and, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of gauging where they are, or what they want. So I guess like the first question I would throw back would be, who is this for? Is this for a business that you have? Is it just personal? You know, do you just want to look cooler? Do you want your business to do better media wise? So it in turn does more sales. Um, so I, my first question would be, is it worth it to even do it yourself? You know, right. um, it, it takes a lot. There are professionals such as myself that literally do this every single day and optimize businesses, optimize images uh, to do these things, to appear better, greater, bigger, drive more sales. So we literally do this every single day. So I guess ask yourself, is it worth it to do it yourself when there's people already out there who are amazing at it and could right. take you, you know, from A to Z. So I guess that would be my first question. Um, uh, from my perspective, if you're not good at it already, like if you don't have a little bit of that creativity or something, probably just give it to somebody who is creative and let them take care of it because that's what we do. Right. But if you really did want to do it yourself and it's kind of like a project or something like that, um, the biggest thing, if you're on Instagram or social media, media is the biggest thing right now. Everybody is so visual. Everybody uh, attention span super short right now so keep it quick tiktok is a great example i personally hate tiktok but that's how you go viral apparently super cringy it's short i don't know what's a normal tiktok like 15 seconds or something like, like that 15 to 60 seconds but they're generally pretty short yeah. very short so keep it short keep it sweet get your point across and then make sure it looks visually appealing too that's one of the biggest things i hate when a lot of stuff makes me cringe because I'm creative and I, I feel like I could have done it better. You know, I'm that guy who's like, I would have done it like this. Why didn't you do it like that? That's weird. All right. Well, it's your thing, but yeah, I don't know. My biggest thing would be probably just get somebody to do it for you. Get hire somebody who's creative to do it. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and, and that resonates with me, right? Outside of the podcast, I run a virtual assistant staffing agency and it's not that they're more competent than you, right? Sometimes they are, but not always. But I think it's a time of just, or the concept of just saving time. I think people take time for granted and, and they think that they can do everything within their business. And they think that, yes. well, you know, how can I do it? And the quality might not be there if you do it yourself, but a lot of people just generally want to save money. But yep. if you think about it from my perspective and especially your perspective, how much more money can you make by delegating this thing out that you're not good at, right? What can yeah. I focus on? Can I focus on sales? Can I focus on fulfillment? Hell, can I focus on like me for once? Like, can I just relax? And I think yeah. a lot of people take yeah. it for granted, you know? So in your experience, right? And, and this is just going to be from a business owner perspective. What have been some scenarios when you've said to yourself, hey, I'm not good enough at this. I need to delegate it out because I'm on a deadline. I'm on a timeline or I just really don't want to do it. That's one of the biggest things, especially for me in growth. So I'm in production, creative production. Uh, we film everything. We produce things from A to Z. We're the people that make the commercials and stuff that you see on TV and, and whatnot happen. So the biggest like pain point for me was making the transition between lower budget stuff to bigger budget stuff. Mm -hmm. To make a commercial that goes on TV it's not just one guy with a camera, you know, it's not just me out there filming with a camera. It requires an entire skilled crew 
of people who know what they're doing in their respective departments to make that production happen. So a business owner or whoever who thinks that they can kind of do it all themselves, or even me, a producer who thinks I can go out there with a camera and do all the lighting and the cinematography and the audio and, and work with the talent and everything and do every single aspect that makes a commercial production or any kind of production tick or work. It's just absolute nonsense. It's a reason why for most things, I work with a crew of anywhere from 10 to 20 people, depending on what it is. And these people are seasoned professionals at that one thing. So for me, I can kind of sit back as the CEO of the production, if you if you will, if we're talking in terms of entrepreneurial, um, I can sit back and I can ensure, I, I know exactly what's happening. I know that they're doing their job. I know that they're executing at the highest level that I need them to, to make sure that I can take my mind off what their department is, know that it's running fine and there's no fires happening. And I can focus on more creative stuff or working with talent or, you know, making sure our storyboard and our narratives are all lining up and, right. you know, the client's happy and, and things like that. So yeah, it requires, it, it takes an army to make the things that we do happen. And the same yeah. goes for entrepreneur. You know, there's a reason why companies have marketing departments. The CEO is not the head of the marketing department. The CEO worries about the things that the CEO does. VP of sales worries about only sales, you know, things like that. Um, so it definitely takes, the, the bigger you grow, you need more people to ensure that everything is running smoothly in that one department. It's just like growing pains kind of. So the biggest thing for me, like one of the biggest pain points was trying to convince a client, hey, I know you want to do this commercial, but it's going to cost X amount of money. And the reason behind that is because exactly what I just told you, you know, it takes an army of people to make sure that it comes out spot on when they're just expecting like one camera guy and like an audio guy or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, th I think that's really, really good. And I think a few key points there. One, cheaper isn't always better, right? I think a lot of people, when you, when you put prices on services, I think you're treating it like a commodity, right? It's like, I could go get a gallon of milk from Kroger. I can go to Publix. It's like, it's the same thing either way. Mm -hmm. But when you're getting a service such as yours, it's not the same either way everybody has their own unique style. Everyone has a different way of doing it, but that's any business. And I think a lot of people got to get it out of their head that cheaper isn't always better. Mm -hmm. I think the next thing is having that team around you, right? You know, of course we practice what we preach. We have a team as well. But if you think about it in terms of this people, when you have a team, you're literally buying your time back if you're paying your team, right? So for you team of 10 or 20, let's assume you did all of that by yourself. You're like, I'm not delegating anything. I don't want a team. Dude, those commercials will take you months probably to do yourself. It would be ridiculous. Yeah. But when you have a team around you, you're buying your time back. You're getting things done quicker. And then you can do another project, another one or another one or another one. But I think business owners, they having a team is an investment in yourself. It's not a cost. It's an investment. So what is your, what's your relationship with that, with making investments in yourself? Because I think that's such a great area for entrepreneurs of investing in yourself. How much do I invest? What do I invest in? How do I, you know, take action on this investment? What's your relationship with that? Cause I think a lot of people really don't know how to approach investing in themselves. All right. If I remember correctly, what are the biggest investments that you can make in yourself? Well, I just think your relationship with it, right? I think a lot of people struggle with what to invest in themselves, how do they, I mean, what, what do they buy to make themselves a better entrepreneur, better person, better, whatever. 
it's a gray area because everyone has a course nowadays. Everyone's a coach. Everyone is selling something. So it's like, how do you decide what is right and what isn't right for you? Wow. That's, yeah, that's a really big question. I, I would honestly say invest in yourself in that, you know, every single area of what's going on in your business so that you can speak that language with whoever you put in charge of that department, maybe. So, you know, Amazon, I, I would hope that Jeff Bezos knows how to speak to the people at the very bottom in terms of the logistics of how his packages get shipped out. And that goes for every department. So I think knowing your business inside and out is probably one of the biggest investments you can make in yourself. And that will only help your business. And that'll, yeah. that'll enable you to hire the very best of the best, whoever you deem that to be, because you know that language already, you know how that works, you know how that department runs and you can, you know, set forth agendas and set forth anything you might need to for that department or business to be successful. So I think know, know your business inside and out. And then personally as well, like personal development as a person. Um, no, I'll leave it at that. The first one. Well, and that's good because I think knowing your business inside and out, first of all, is free, right? You just need to learn about your business and know exactly what the ins and outs are. Because then when you make that investment down the road, it's going to be more strategic. You're going to know exactly who you need to, who you need to hire, or maybe there's a program you need to buy to learn it yourself or whatever. There's so many different ways to invest in yourself. It's really just understanding what is going to benefit you the most because there's always going to be a gray area. That's kind of what I was getting at. There's always going to be a gray area unless you really understand what you don't have and the skill sets you don't have. That's what we need to do. But Mitch, we're going to go ahead and start wrapping up, man. I think we've talked about a lot. We talked about your journey with cancer. We talked about overcoming obstacles and the importance of mindset and investments in yourself. But the final question I always ask is why do you love what you do? And why is it equally as important for all entrepreneurs to also love what they do? I mean, it's a matter of quality. First of all, from a business perspective, if you don't love what you do, it's probably going to fail. I mean, just being completely honest, if you're not absolutely 100% passionate about the thing that you're setting out to do, there's a very good likelihood that you'll fail at it. And, um, you know, personally, if you love what you do, you're only going to get better at it. That operation is only going to succeed and it's only going to grow. What was the question again? Why is it equally as important for all entrepreneurs to also love what they do? I don't, that's a tough one for me to answer because I'm, I'm in a place like where I, I do love what I do and I can't imagine not loving what I do. So it's hard for me to answer that. Like from a flip side, I personally think it's super important. Me being passionate about everything that I do, it's only helped me. It's taken me places that I, as a little kid, probably would have never dreamed that I would be at or doing. So I don't know. I, you know, I think that's tough. I think it's a tough question. Yeah. You know, and I think it's a matter of, let me put it this way. I had that same perspective of you only to chase what you're passionate about, but I think to a degree that people often chase those things too hard, right? I think a lot of people are in industries such as yourself in the creative industry to where 
you like being creative. It's easy to chase a business model around that. For other people, maybe I'm passionate about water or passionate about, I don't know, carpet, something random, right? It's, it's often not a good business decision to chase things that there might not be any opportunity around, right? Mm -hmm. So I think you do have to be self-aware and you have to be strategic in that thought process of, you know, I love carpet. Should I start a carpet cleaning service or should I start a store around selling carpet? Or, you know, there's a lot of different opportunities, but where is the opportunity the most lucrative, the most beneficial, the most future, right? So I think it's really important to just be self-aware of the first business model you, you think of around your passion might not be the right business model, right? I think it's really important in the creative space. You could have done a lot of different things with that. seems like you do commercials, but what if it was like, hey, instead of commercials, I need you to shoot music videos as are probably similar, but you might say, ah, oh, that's not my style. We do that. I'd rather just do commercials, you know? We, yeah, we do that. We do so many different things. It would take me forever to go into every single thing that we do, but generally everything that we do falls in the line of some kind of media, television, live events yeah. based. So like it could be anything from, like I said, the Super Bowl to filming a commercial. It just all depends. Um, yeah. And I think from my perspective, my business, I've been... I'm a very versatile person in terms of the things that I know. I kind of know a little bit about a lot, a little bit of shit about a lot of bit of shit. So that really helps me in the long run. You know, like even during coronavirus, everything kind of shifted away from live events and it went to like what we're doing now, podcasts, remote media. How are these companies still staying connected to their consumers while we can't have a 20 person shoot to film this TV show or whatever, you know? So it's kind of like adapting and, we've had to adapt too. And I've been very, you know, blessed that I kind of know a lot about these different things to be able to adapt and do many different things and work in the same, the same industry, but generally a lot of different areas of the industry. So we've been quite successful in that. And um, yeah, man, I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I've kind of adopted over the past few years, a like, let it flow kind of mentality I work hard, very hard at what I do, but I don't push for things that not necessarily are not realistic. But for example, um, I I always feel like if I can work hard, 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 good things will continue to happen and things will come back to me. So like, for example, I'll, I'll throw the Super Bowl out there as an example. I was doing another event. I was in New York and I got an email saying, hey, are you available this date and this date? And I was like, okay, yeah, I don't know what it's for but sure, whatever. I don't know what the event is. And then I didn't find out until two months later when I got an email back, Hey, can you provide your information for Super Bowl 54 credentialing? And I was like, why are they sending this to me? I don't, what is that about? And then I put two and two together. I was like, Oh, the thing that they emailed me for two months ago was for the Super Bowl. Gotcha. Okay. See, I didn't push for that. I didn't, you know, I didn't lobby to get that gig that just came to me. And that's just because I worked hard everything that I've done before that up until that point accumulated and resulted in that. So I don't push to be in event spaces. I don't push to do certain shows. If it's meant to be, it'll be, if I get another, I actually just got another email for Super Bowl 55 next year. So we'll see if that works out, but you know, the things that you do, little key points, they add up to bigger things. So I don't really push for things. I don't get heartbroken over anything really. You know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, cool. I'm going to go ahead and do something else that's equally as cool eventually. So I don't know. I think a lot of people push stuff, especially in being an entrepreneur and they want it, they want it, they want it. And then 
maybe their sales aren't super great or they're not everything that they thought they were and they ended up they end up getting heartbroken so back to your point kind of like the first thing that you start out doing are you actually good at it know yourself kind of be introspective about it and is is it actually for you maybe you should be doing something else absolutely and, and i think it's just accepting that everything's not going to work out there's obstacles there's roadblocks there's failures and it's just pushing past that and and knowing you know what do you want at the end of the day what's your why why do you do what you do i think that's really important for people to understand but Mitch, we're going to go ahead and conclude completely. Where can my audience find you on social media? You can find me on Instagram at real Mitch Anthony at real Mitch Anthony. And that's kind of like the only social media that I link to because I don't know. It just, it kind of tells the story of what I do, where right. I've been, that kind of deal. Yeah. So if you want to see what I'm up to stories, posts, whatever at real Mitch Anthony on Instagram, and uh, from there, I'll link you to other things like my website behind me and YouTube and stuff like that. And just do some cool stuff. See what I'm up to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, guys, reach out to Mitch and let him know what you thought about the episode. And Mitch, appreciate your time, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Entrepreneurism Podcast. We post episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 a.m. Central Time. We would greatly appreciate if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. I'm Brady Morgan, your host. We'll see you next time.